Welcome to the Tech Policy Podcast. I'm Ashkin Kazarian. Just kidding. I'm not. So you don't have to unsubscribe. False alarm. Yeah. Today on our show, we have Evan Schwarzstraber, former OG host of the Tech Policy Podcast and now policy advisor at the Federal Communications Commission with Brendan Carr's office. Evan, thank you for coming back. Yeah. You know, I uh, just wanted to check out the office, see how you guys were doing without me. And it seems that everything is in complete disarray. So um, I'm sorry for leaving things such a mess. It's been been a year since uh, you have left us. Evan, why are you back now? What do you need from us? Um, other than shameless self-promotion, and I was kind of bored, so I figured I'd make the trip across town. But um, no, I'm actually here to let your listeners know, in case they haven't seen my many tweets and other obnoxious notifications about it on Facebook, um, the FCC now has a podcast. It's called More Than Seven Dirty Words, a reference from the 1970s for, for those of you who are of age. and Because um, your listeners are all born in the 60s. I mean, maybe a decent chunk, you know, um, but it is a podcast, which is very hip and cool and techy. Um, but yeah, when I got to the agency, obviously I loved doing this podcast and I'm glad that you've done such a good job keeping it going, Ash. Um, but I wanted to do another podcast and the thing that really struck me is the FCC, of course, is known for certain controversies, whether it was George Carlin, whether it was uh, a certain Super Bowl halftime show in 2004, or whether it's you know net neutrality or these big ticket items that make a lot of headlines. But there are over 1,400 employees there. There's over 80 years of history, and you start meeting these people and hearing their stories, and it's remarkable. And then they're not really getting much attention. So I wanted to create a forum for those folks and others, you know, throughout the history of the agency, people outside the agency, but to just kind of tell the story of the FCC. And uh, that's what we hope to do with the show. Um, And of course, you can find it in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review if you like the show or if you hate it. I don't care. We like reviews. Yes. If you have anything to say about the FCC, go to reviews. All right. Do you have any other questions for me, Ash? Absolutely. So, Evan, tell our listeners, what have you been up to ever since you left Tech Freedom? Um, crying a lot, um, obviously. Uh, no, it's it's been a great year. Um, working at the commission has been really fun and interesting, and I think we've done a lot. Um, you know, Commissioner Carr's number one priority is getting America 5G ready, hashtag 5G ready. Um, <laughs> you know, removing barriers to wireless infrastructure deployment. Um, so, we've got something on the agenda this month at the FCC, um, did, did another order back in March. So, um, it's been great to support those efforts and work there. Um, I'm also focused on media policy as my particular policy portfolio. So that's, uh, your broadcast television, radio, cable television. So that's been interesting as well. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the 5g ready? Why do you want our listeners to know about it? Um, what is 5g? 5G is the next generation of wireless service. So right now you might be familiar with 4G or 3G. Um, you know, in a, a quick history lesson, I guess you could think of 1G as, you know, your big old brick phones that, that only made phone calls. 2G was the introduction of text messaging. Um, 3G was, you know, slow, slow internet. Um, 4G is fast internet. What now is we, LTE? Long-term evolution. There we go. Um, And when we think about 5G, it's not just about faster speeds. You know, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, you'll be able to download a movie in 10 seconds. I mean, that's cool. But what's really exciting about it is that it will power the next wave of innovation. We're talking about autonomous cars, smart cities, telemedicine. And it's not just faster, it's much more responsive. And that's the key there is that you could have seamless connections, um, you know, 
the delay of a 4G network in terms of the data being sent to a tower and back might not be good enough if you have to make split second life and death situation or decisions as a autonomous vehicle. But with 5G, you can do that. You could also have seamless connections for telehealth if you need a very strong, you know, no delay connection with the doctor. So that's what's pretty exciting about it. Um, and the thing that my boss has worked on is updating our rules that were designed for those 4G towers, those large 200 foot towers to account for the fact that most of the 5G deployments are going to be these small backpack sized antennas. And I've recently seen one. It's really the size of a, like a big briefcase. It's really heavy. I try to pick it up, but um, <laughs> those can be installed on light poles. Yeah, and- existing structures, utility poles, light poles, buildings. Um, and of course, there will be some new poles installed as well. But yeah, the the impact is much smaller. But the regulations we have are, are still designed for those larger towers. And you're going to need a lot more of these, you know, shoebox or backpack size things than the old towers. So having a regulatory burden that is designed for a smaller structure will streamline that deployment. What burdens do we have as of right now that you guys are trying to ease? Well, this month, the FCC is looking at fees and uh, timelines for reviewing applications. So, you know, there are about 20 or so states that have passed small cell legislation. Those states, for, uh, for the most part, did a really good job in terms of streamlining deployment. But the thing that we've seen that is a concern is if you have a handful of large must serve cities, um, you know, because the carriers have to serve them because there's a large customer base, densely populated, and they charge excessive fees or take too long to review applications, that can slow down deployment in rural areas, suburban areas, or small and mid to mid-sized cities. So the FCC is just looking at this and saying, look, cities must recover the costs of deployment. You know, no one's asking you to subsidize deployment. The costs that you incur to review applications, absolutely. But beyond that, we're saying the co- that the fees have to be limited to the cost to the city, and that way we'll encourage more deployment. We're also saying that you have to respond to an application in 60 days if you're attaching it to an existing structure, or 90 days if you're putting up a new pole. So um, I've heard and I've read a lot about America being in this race for 5G. What exactly is this race? Are we racing against China, Russia? It's interesting that you mentioned Russia. I'm not not sure why. Um, (laughs) No, yeah. I mean, China is, of course, a, a major competitor there. I mean, the importance of being first is you know, what we've seen in, with 4G, where the United States won that race, we saw tremendous economic benefit. You know, $100 billion is one of the numbers that people have put out there. The app economy, all these apps we use, whether it's Uber or Airbnb, um, you know, fast GPS uh, apps, that was those are powered by 4G. And being first meant that a lot of that innovation and investment happened here first. Um, when we talk about 5G in the next wave of innovation, we want to be a first mover there as well to get that economic benefit. There are also benefits in terms of standard setting and things like that. So that's why we want to be first in other countries like South Korea, China, places in Europe. um, They want to be first as well. Okay. But is this pie um, limited? Basically, if someone is first, we will get less piece of a pie? Because let's say we're a little slower in deployment. Um, So we get to 5G, let's say in three years, and someone gets there in two. We still can develop and create innovation and grow our economy, or am I missing something? 
No, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily that you will never see it, but the benefits will be delayed and you, we don't want those benefits delayed for our people on, on our soil. And also, of course, the benefits will not be as great if you, if you lag very far behind, you know, I'm not sure that if, if the difference of who gets first to 5g is only one day, that's a big deal. But I think if you lag very far behind, you know, a year, two years, three years, that can be a major, um, a major problem. And I think we've seen other countries around the world. Exactly. Setback. That's the word I was looking for. You could tell I'm a little rusty, right? Um, But what we saw with some countries around the world that took a while to get to 4G is they lost out on some of that investment. And I think the main thing also is if you are not first or second, if you don't get there fast, um, you will be the one purchasing technology, purchasing devices from the country who got there first. Yes, that is definitely a part of it. Manufacturing is going to be a big part of the job creation here. So that's a very astute point. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan, um, what else should our listeners know about the 5G if, if you want them to use a hashtag to get involved? <laughs> I mean, if people want to use hashtag 5G ready, I'm certainly not going to stand in the way of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Just know that the FCC is trying to push out as much spectrum, also the airwaves um, to make that available for 5G and uh, the FCC has done a tremendous job of that. Infrastructure rules need to be updated, working on that as well. So uh, just know that at the FCC, we are trying to make sure that the right policies are in place to give the US its best shot at winning the race to 5G of incentivizing private sector investment. so yeah, that's basically it. And if you, you want to hear more about 5G Ready, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Evan S underscore FCC. We are going to link to Evan's Twitter profile so you can tell him everything you think about him. Excellent. I love feedback. All right, Evan, I wanted to ask you before we let you go a little bit about the FCC. And you talked about the people you've met and things you've learned as a libertarian, at least, I don't know, a former libertarian who now has joined the government and is part of a big machine. um, How was that transition? How do you see the role of government now that you're a part of it? Yeah, you know, um, you know, having to go to an office every day to work has been a real drag uh, as opposed to my time at Tech Freedom. No, I mean, I think one thing that's important for folks to know, whatever your thoughts, is that, you know, the people who work at the FCC are so committed to the mission, whether it's, you know, public safety, making sure people have access to next gen communications and they're really dedicated to that. And however you fall on the political spectrum, that's one thing that is important to keep in mind, you know, when you see Right now with Hurricane Florence, you see the response to the hurricanes in Puerto Rico and Houston, Texas, the wildfires in California. The FCC is always playing an important role in making sure people are getting information, communication networks are staying online. And uh, that's part of the story that we're trying to tell with the podcast. So, um, you know, our first episode was with Roberto Mussenden from the Public Safety Bureau at the FCC. And he's the one who went down to Puerto Rico and helped coordinate you know, with FEMA and coordinate responses and frequencies and getting towers back up and running. So um, that's an important thing for people to know about the agency. Oh, that's amazing. I will subscribe. I promise I'll do it in front of you after we finish recording. Um, So please, our listeners, go ahead to iTunes or Podbean or wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to Evan's podcast. We're looking forward to learning more about FCC and what you guys do um, on our taxpayers' money. Um, Evan, thank you for joining us. We hope you come back and let us know how things are going and how are you trying to make everyone's life better, right? That's your job. Exactly.
Well, thank you for joining us. And you can follow Tech Freedom on Facebook and Twitter at Tech Freedom. Please leave us a review too, because I, I know you guys are going to leave a lot of reviews for Evan, but I want one or two um, so others can find the show. Thank you for listening. The Tech Policy Podcast is produced and distributed by Tech Freedom, a nonpartisan nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C. To learn more about our work, make a tax-deductible donation, or find other episodes, find us online at techfreedom.org.